0: This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman.
1: Hey, what's up? Happy holidays. Welcome into episode 72 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. And before we get into this week's chat, I really sincerely wanted to thank everyone for all the great feedback that I got on the last podcast with Bernie Micklas. I was so thrilled to hear from so many people who reached out to express how much they enjoyed Bernie's stories. Obviously, he's had such a legendary career. And it was so fun for me to not only get to see him again, because since I left the morning show, we don't really get to interact that much, but to sit down and be able to pull out some of those great memories that he has shared with me throughout the years. It was a really, really special podcast. And, you know, the best part about that is that we didn't even scratch the surface on the stories that Bernie has in his arsenal. So if you really enjoyed that one, as you've let me know that you have, we can definitely shoot for part two of a conversation with Bernie sometime in 2020 all right well let's get to it because we've got our guy on the line it's a holiday treat for everyone we of course had to close out 2019 with saruti and he's here now steve hello how are you
0: good i'm just uh i'm chilling in my car in my driveway because i have that's where i have good service so there are probably weird people walking by and driving by that be like why is this guy just parked in his driveway sitting talking to himself but here i am doing this for the pod what's up
1: You are so dedicated to this podcast that you're going to sit in your car in the cold for an hour. Is the car on?
0: The car is on right now, but I'm going to turn it off at some point. I just wanted to get, you know, to get the heat going in here and then I'll turn it off. But I don't don't mind being a little bit chilly, but I don't mind sitting in my car. One, it's fine. And two, I just have shitty service in my house. I've, like, called Verizon, like, a million times, and we've tried to, like, figure this thing out. But, like, I just don't have service in, literally in my house. But, like, outside of my house, I have service. But literally just inside of my house, like, I don't have service. I don't know what to do. I'm confused, and I'm angry. And so here I am in my driveway by myself.
1: (laughs) Uh, What if there's an emergency?
0: Then I have to go outside.
1: (laughs) But what if someone's trying to get a hold of you is the question.
0: Typically, I can get a call, but like I, it, I just I won't be able to hear anything they're saying, and they don't hear what I'm saying. So it's pretty great. Things are going great.
1: Is it bad enough where you would consider getting a landline? Could you get a landline?
0: Uh, I feel like I'm a millennial, so I can't have a landline. <laughs> we have discussed it. I actually got one through work, but you have to hook it up to like an Ethernet connection. And my only Ethernet connection is like right next to my TV, so I'm not gonna put a phone next to my TV, like in the living room, and just like make calls from there. because That's weird. <laughs> So yes, but I have sort of just, first off, you know me, I don't like talking on the phone. So right. that's also a reason why I probably haven't gotten a landline. So I was like, Oh, just don't call me. Cause I don't have service, which it works out pretty well. Kills two birds with one stone, but um, uh, no, I've been putting it off for a long time, but we tried to call Verizon that hasn't worked. So I, I'm out of, I'm out of ideas. I'm out of excuses.
1: Yeah, that's pretty brutal. But now I have more landline questions. If you were to get a landline, would you go old school cord phone or would you get a cordless phone?
0: No, I would get a cordless phone. When we have, In our kitchen, because our house was built in like the 60s, when we bought it, there's like a phone jack, where clearly like a phone with an old school cord was on the wall, and we have covered it up with like some art since then, but like I, our house <laughs> is equipped to handle the phone situation, but I, uh, I wouldn't, I, no, I couldn't, do people even use cord phones anymore?
1: I'm sure in kind of an ironic retro way. Actually,
0: you know what? That makes me think my sister's boyfriend's mother, she makes a ton of calls and in her kitchen on a corded phone and she just walks around the kitchen with the cord, I think, like old school. And she just refuses to get with, you know, with the with the 21st century.
1: I respect the hell out of that, though, because it is really fun when you talk on the phone with a cord to wrap it around your finger.
0: Yeah, I would just play with it. That would be my problem. Like ever since I've gotten married, I constantly, like right now, currently I'm playing with my ring. My ring is rarely on because I'm usually just messing around with it. So that's what I would do if I had a cord phone. I would just wrap it around my finger, wrap it around, walk around and play games with it. And then I wouldn't end up listening to anything that someone's talking about when they're on the phone with me.
1: Wait, so you mentioned that you covered your phone area with art. And it reminded me of something that we have not discussed yet. Did you see that at Art Basel? A banana duct taped to a wall got sold for 120K.
0: Okay, I don't know what that is, but I do, <laughs> I have seen that picture. What is it, Art Basel?
1: Yeah, so it's an art event in Miami. It's one of the biggest art fairs, essentially, in the world. Uh, and a cool. banana. No one
0: cares. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, cool, no one cares.
1: Cool, no one cares, except for me, who's dying to go, obviously. But this Italian artist took a banana and duct taped it to a wall. And someone bought it for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars.
0: What happens when the thing starts to rot? I have
1: no idea.
0: That's just like, hey, I don't have anything to do with one hundred grand. Like, I'm just going to do something super dumb. And why wouldn't you just replicate that? Why wouldn't you just do it like you could make it yourself? Why can't I get paid one hundred grand for a banana on a wall? I'll give you two bananas on a wall.
1: (laughs) I'll give it to you with, with scotch tape, various types of tape.
0: Yeah, I'll do whatever you want. I'll, I'll I give make you one every single
1: month. Gorilla tape. Oh, you see the irony there?
0: That's right. I won't even use tape. I'll just glue it to the wall. And you won't <laughs> even see the seam. The It'll be just a banana on the wall. I did see that, though. And that makes me think, like, people are so stupid. So stupid. And art is stupid. It, like I'm sorry, <laughs> and I know you like art, but, like, that's stupid. And for anyone that doesn't think that's stupid, they're also stupid.
1: Tell me how you really feel, Steve.
0: Well, I mean, Michelle, I know you like are and we've discussed your paint, your thing that you bought that, like, you plug in and it lights up, whatever. At least it's, like, original and it's, like, unique and you can't just make it yourself, although there is a lot of art I believe you can just make yourself. Like, the idea that a banana on a wall goes for that much, like, there are a lot of, like, there are a lot of, like, triggers and things that I know where, like, society is super fucked up. That is at the top of the list. Like, that, is, uh, if you are willing, why wouldn't you just don't? I'm, and you know me, I'm not, like, you know, Donate to charity guy or like what about the kids guy? But seriously, a hundred grand for a banana on a wall like that's that guy's stupid. And he honestly, I want to. We should interview. I would love to interview that guy and be like, what was going through your mind?
1: (laughs) Were you on drugs when you agreed to the hundred thousand plus price tag?
0: Yeah, like hopefully at least like he had some smoking hot chick that was like, I really want this, and it ended up working out for him. Because if not, like I don't understand what the justification would be for that at all.
1: It was a, I'm reading about it now it was a couple from Miami. So it's not even like he was trying to impress a girl.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny too, there's a lot of style though in Miami that's just gross too. Like I, you know, Miami like we went there for what All-Star what was it a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, baseball I like All-Star Miami. Anymore. Not my scene though. Definitely I mean I'm not, I feel like I'm not surprising anybody here, but not my scene. Like the style is weird. I, it's too it's too hot all the time. Like no no no, hard pass.
1: It is grossly hot all the time. Like sticky hot.
0: Yeah, like you can't even really be outside, and then every, no one's wearing any clothes, which is okay for some, and like you know, and, yeah, I don't even want to go down that road, especially after the whole Lizzo thing at the Lakers game. Um, oh yeah,
1: uh-huh. but, uh huh.
0: But it it's just you know, Miami's not my scene. It's just not my scene, and you know, this whole art thing is a whole other reason why.
1: You know, you are so Northeast, and I'm so Midwest that Miami could never work for us.
0: I like to, like uh, yeah. We, I enjoyed my couple of days there, but like, what do I do on day four where I'm just sweating for no reason? Like, I would be I would get tired of that really fast. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, well, you have snow and Like, I'd rather there be snow. I don't mind snow. I like snow. Like, snow isn't that big of a deal. In fact, like most of the time, and maybe maybe this is how the people in Miami feel, but, cause like they're all just like, oh, we're inside in the air conditioning. Like most of the time, we're just in the heat. So you know, we're inside and when there's a fire, or there's a heater or whatever. It's not a big deal. But Scaliff made fun of me on our show before because I will maintain this. I would always rather be a little cold than a little hot.
1: I don't blame you. Except I'd rather be a little hot more than a little cold. Being cold sucks. But I understand your preference because you like layers. I I get where, where you're coming from. Speaking of that, it's a snow day here in St. Louis, okay? The weather's terrible. It started snowing last night, continued on throughout the day. And listen, I'm not asking for any sympathy, but... As you know, Steve, when you work in live media, you don't get a snow day. No days off. No days off, to quote Bill Belichick. And I thought I was past my live media days working in the digital world. where on a day like today. I would have been in my flannel PJs with my Christmas tree going, watching the snow from the comfort of my couch, working on some stuff. And instead, I've had to do... Well, not that I've had to. It's not that big of a deal. But I've been doing middays, a four-hour show, by the way, which is not an easy task, and for the past couple weeks, and no snow day for your girl. So I'm in here. I look like a wet bandit. I have many layers on. I have a beanie. I look like Joe Pesci. I don't know what's happening, but I am super pissed that it's so cold and gross, and that I didn't even get to chill at home for the day.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, first off, that sucks. Second off, speaking of Joe Pesci, we have to talk about the Irishman. You asked me about things before that I wanted to talk about, and I didn't mention that. I want to talk about the Irishman a little bit. But I love snow days. Even if I have to go to work, I don't mind it because, like, I could just be late and it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, you just kind of take your time. Usually there's not a lot of people on the road, too, which is cool, so then your commute's actually not that bad. And, and then, like, you can basically wear sweatpants. You said you, I could, you can basically wear sweatpants and a beanie and, like, a hoodie to work, and nobody cares.
1: Yes, I look like a wet bandit. I look like Joe Pesci from Home Alone, a hundred percent today.
0: That's, that's a win. Like if I have to go to work in that situation, at least I want to be able to work be comfortable, and then I'm going to be comfortable. So I'll just I'm just throwing a hoodie, some sweatpants, and I'll call it a day. That's usually what I do on snow
1: days. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole thing. It's just if you're going to wear clothes like that, you want to be at your house. You don't want to be in public. Have you ever worn sweatpants to work? Oh my god, all the time. I did a morning show for a year and a half.
0: Yeah, I wore sweatpants to work the other day, and it was great. It was the first time I ever did it, and it was lovely.
1: It's lovely. It's so underrated. Honestly, getting up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning is the pits. I hated it. I will never do it again unless you offer me like $6 million a year. Let's be honest. No, a million dollars a year, I'd probably do it for. But it would have to be a life-changing amount of money for me to ever get up that early again. And the only plus... Is that you go into work every day wearing sweatpants, yoga pants, hoodie, baseball hat, whatever?
0: I mean, my show's not that early. Like, we're on at 11, but I'm, like, kind of in a studio by myself, and you really only see, like, my chest up. So I have taken some liberties and gotten real loose uh, with the attire recently. Plus, my heat is still broken. I tell you about that? No, What? Oh, I didn't tell you about this? Okay, yeah. So the heat in the studio is blasting oh, on the like studio. 85. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You told me. Yeah, so it's still it's still all fucked up. So I basically take that as like I'm gonna wear whatever the hell I want because this is just my situation. And nobody really cares. But it is magnificent to show up and I've only wore, I've only felt comfortable wearing sweatpants like once or twice and it was both on days that it snowed. Because like there are still some people there that like are professionals and I'm just like walking in looking like a hobo, but I don't really care. I just try, you know, you try to put forth the image of whatever. But I will say the dress code from when I was at ESPN, where it's like, yeah, I wear a collared shirt. I wore a collared shirt in months, months, <laughs> and it is it is amazing.
1: Your talent now, Steve, you can get away with stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I could just do whatever the hell I want. I guess, Apparently that's that's the bonus. It's not necessarily like the title or the money or whatever. It's just the fact that you can do whatever the fuck you want.
1: It's so true, though. So when I went to Digital, I started wearing work clothes again, business casual, or, you know, like a blazer and a shirt instead of talent. It's so weird. So today, because I'm on the air, I felt like, yeah, I could roll in and look like Harry and Marv, and no one's going to say shit to me because I have to do four hours of live radio. Whereas if I was coming in doing digital, I'd be like, ooh, I need jeans, get my snow boots on, maybe throw on a a turtleneck sweater just to look more appropriate. It's very weird how as soon as you get behind the mic, you feel like I can wear whatever I want today.
0: Yeah, and it's honestly like very liberating. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to wear a T-shirt. I'm going to wear a hoodie, and no one's going to really say anything to me. And honestly, although I will say like, there were some people at ESPN that definitely like didn't care either. Not because they were like felt liberated, just because they just like kind of didn't know how to dress. Like there would be dudes. I remember there was a guy that used to work there like years ago, who would wear like boat shoes and like a like a t-shirt pretty much every every day to work in jeans. Like that's what he would wear.
1: Was it what, like, freeze dude, pops?
0: <laughs> it was not freeze pops. Not free <laughs> It was not freeze pops. No. And like a hat, whatever. And like they had to talk to him be like, hey man, like maybe throw a collared shirt in the equation every once in a while. Like you know. Both shoes or a T-shirt. Like, pick one or the other. Like, it can't be both. Like, otherwise, like, it looks like you're just kind of on vacation, hanging out like a happy hour.
1: Really? Because I feel like when I worked at ESPN, some people took uh, some major liberties in what they wore on the production side of things.
0: Definitely on the production side, but, I mean, there are people that take it more seriously. Then then there's, like, the guy that overdresses, too, that wears, like, a tie every day. Yeah. And the whole, like, dress for the job that you want, not the one you have guy, which is actually the most bullshit. If anyone ever says that to you, you should immediately know that they're full of shit, because that is the dumbest thing, especially now. Like, now the cool thing is, like, look, dress like you don't give a shit, basically. That's what's cool. So, if anyone's like, hey, you, know, wear, you should wear a tie and button up and look professional and look for, you know, dress for the job that you want. Like that doesn't that there's no way that that ever works in any line of work anymore, at least not in media. Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I would say, OK, so I want to be a Victoria's Secret model. So should I show up in my underwear? No,
0: that is a good point. You, you know probably I mean? can't like, do that.
1: That's the job that I want, though. And that's the argument you're going to take.
0: Yeah, listen, I want to be like a professional FIFA player, but I don't show up in like an Xbox headset, like shorts and a hoodie on. Like, that's not what I do. I Except would love now to now you that. are. <laughs> Except now I am. You're right. Although I haven't, I haven't had summer yet. Like, it hasn't been summer, like, relaxing yet. So I don't know if I, am I going to just show up in basketball shorts to the studio? Probably. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I'll probably do that.
1: I mean, go ahead and do it, Steve. You're fully liberated. Don't regress. No one's going to know.
0: I mean, literally no one would know. As long as the, the upper half looks okay.
1: Now everyone's going to know. I, I basically wear like a hat every day,
0: every day now too because I've just like gotten over like not, not that like doing my hair is some sort of chore like I'm a dude, but I just <laughs> wake up and I'm like, I'm going to throw a hat on. I don't feel like dealing with this right now.
1: So I'm dyeing my hair blonde tomorrow. We've talked about this on the podcast. It's something that I've always wanted to do. I'm so, 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 so nervous about it because the day has finally arrived. It's one of those things that you constantly say, you know what? One day I want to totally switch up my look. And then you finally get ready to do it. And now I'm so paranoid that it's going to look stupid if it does whatever I'm going to Hong Kong and Thailand in a few days so I can just cruise over to the other side of the world and be incognito and die when I get back but I feel like I don't want to deal with the next three days at work four days at work whatever it is everyone saying oh my god you look so different oh my god your hair so I think I'm going to wear a hat and tie all my hair up so that no one sees me and I don't have to deal with it
0: well on a scale of like Dirty blonde to, like, Fox News anchor, how blonde are you? <laughs> are we doing?
1: I am. That's a great spectrum, by the way, because it's very visual. And um, neither, because I'm not trying to look like my hair is blonde. Do you know what I mean? I feel like Fox News anchor blonde <laughs> is people trying to pretend that they're a natural blonde. And that is not the route I am taking. I am taking a, I'm clearly a brunette. I'm switching it up, a little bit on the root maybe, and we're going with it. So, I would say it's more like Rita Ora, Kendall Jenner, we're doing this for a statement quickly, type blonde.
0: Wait. Wait, Kendall Jenner has blonde hair?
1: She did. Yeah, here, let me send you a photo. She
0: Hold on, no, I'm Googling it right now. Hold on. Kendall Jenner
1: she was in a fashion you- show, and they uh, dyed her hair blonde. And I feel like that's what mine's going to look like when it's oh. done, because the roots Ooh. are not going to stick.
0: I don't like it. Oh. Um.
1: <laughs> great, mm. great, cool. Way to boost my confidence.
0: Well, I guess it depends on what picture. It depends on the picture. Are you looking at I London looked- Fashion
1: Week? Uh,
0: I'm just looking at, I just typed in Kendall Jenner blonde, and there's a bunch of pictures up there. Does she have a, a white jacket? Okay. Uh, she have a white jacket on. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's very stupid looking, yeah.
1: Well, minus the jacket, imagine my face on that hair. That's not what I'm going for, it's, but it's what I think it will ultimately look like.
0: Here's the problem. How can are you right now?
1: Um, I am as white as the alabaster snow that I'm looking at out the window, which is a problem.
0: Okay, so this was my issue because you know that I, I wanted to do the Lionel Messi soccer player, Sergio Aguero, whoever... Aaron Ramsey bleach blonde dye my hair yes. and then kind of let it go in and be half and half in a way. Cause that's like what cool soccer players do. And I'm like, you know, I'm a want to be cool soccer player. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's how I would describe my look. Want to be cool soccer player. And the problem is I'm always too pale. So I have to do it in the summer. But that's my worry for you is that like, do you need to sort of have a nice tan situation going on? If you're going to go blonde, like, can you be super pale and blonde? Like, is that a good look?
1: It is a legitimate question and a legitimate concern, and I'm already one step ahead of you. Part of the reason that I am doing this now, well, I'll obviously get a spray tan after I dye my hair, before I go on my trip, but I'm going to be in Thailand and off the coast of Thailand on an island, so there will be some sunshine involved, and I'm hoping to get a good base tan with the blonde hair before I return and really just unveil it to America.
0: I think that's a good idea. Um... (laughs) Do you fake tan or no? Or is that like super, like super poo-pooed now?
1: As in in a tanning bed? Yeah. You know, I'd like to not have skin cancer, so that's going to be a no for me, dog.
0: Even if you go like once or twice, still like that bad for you? Yeah. i thought about it.
1: You've never done it?
0: I've never done a fake tan tanning bed thing, but I, I would definitely be open to it. But now everyone hates it and it's like terrible for you and it immediately gives you cancer. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know
1: what to think. Yeah, you know, it's not good for you. I'm Googling this right now. I would love to send you, though, one of the Jersey Shore. I'm sure some of them have tanning lotions and really just let you coat yourself in that and go in there for a quick bit.
0: I don't know. (sighs) I don't know. Because, like, here's the thing that sucks, too, is, like, I've talked about this with my wife. I used to be so good at tanning. You know, when I was younger, I was always basically tan. I was, like, really dark in the summer. And now I'm just, like, pale all year long. And it's a bummer and like i'm just all of a sudden like it just happened one day i'm like oh cool i can't tan anymore this sucks and i look like you know that's where i got the nickname uh what was it twilight from doug gottley because i look like owen <laughs> and it's a bummer it like really sucks because like you know you know i want to be tan i want to be like i'm italian like i have whatever and so that's why i've been open to these other alternative tanning type situations because everybody looks better when they're tan let's be honest although not too tan you can't you can't overdo it tan mom, but everyone yes. looks better when they're tan and, and, yeah, so now I'm just, like, kind of stuck in this weird place where, like, I either I just, like, look weirdly pale or I look for alternatives or I just, like, move to Miami, which I don't want to do.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of different options coming your way. None of them sound that great, TBH. I didn't know that you were called Twilight. That's incredible.
0: Oh, yeah. In my defense. That was when I was coming off like working overnight, like exclusively for all of my shifts. So I basically never saw the light of day. And I was genuinely medically vitamin D deficient. Like (laughs) I had to take supplements. So I had there was a problem. I had a problem.
1: You had a legit problem.
0: Respect my privacy. okay? I will.
1: I will. I'm sorry for your health issues. I'm glad to see you're back on the up and up. So my question then to you is, would you ever get a spray tan? Because that seems like the safest alternative.
0: Probably not, because that seems super aggressive. That's like what women do. That's what like my wife did before she got mar- Before we got married, like I just feel like she that's a really that's like a really drastic move. I don't know if I could ever do that, because then if anybody found out, like you're instantly just gonna get destroyed as a dude. I don't know. I do know there was an on-air guy on ESPN that definitely spray-tanned, and it was noticeable. And uh, really, I don't know if people confronted him about it, but it was definitely very noticeable.
1: Oh my God, now I'm dying to know who it is.
0: I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you after. <laughs> wow. Okay. You should know this, though. Like, you should that, know. I was going is it
1: someone I know?
0: Yes. I mean, it's not like super famous, though. So it's hard. It's, like, oh, it's not like, you I immediately know, it's not know who John it Boucher. I know who it yeah, is.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm texting you yeah, right like, now. Yeah.
1: Tell me if I got it right. Oh, yep. uh, man.
0: Here we go. It, I mean, yes. Text me deliver. No. Oh, my God. Actually, no. Okay, well, oh, was way maybe. Off.
1: Doesn't he seem like the type that would do it, though? I know this is probably a terrible podcast because people don't know who we're talking about, but I do think there are some guys that you could say, yeah, I could totally see him getting a spray tan.
0: Yes. Maybe he does, but he's not that dark, so... I just texted it to you, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that guy for sure. I could see spray tanning.
0: Yep, all right. The inside joke part of this podcast is that one. Yeah, sorry.
1: But you know what? Talk amongst your friends and guess which not super famous ESPN Sports, well, I don't know if this person is on that show, sports anchor is spray tanning in his spare time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. But you know if what, you Steve? See it, it will be obvious.
1: Steve is twenty nineteen. It's about to be twenty twenty, okay? What's with the gender roles? If women could spray tan, dudes could spray tan too.
0: I mean, listen, you got me there. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm gonna go ahead and just say that safely assume that if I was to show up with a spray tan, I would get made fun of, and rightfully so.
1: Yeah. I would never, ever, ever let you live it down, and I would a hundred percent make sure to try to find you right after you did it and spray with water so that you would have smears all over yourself. Cause that's what the type would, of friend that, I
0: am. That would be super rude. What would be more aggressive if I spray tanned or if I got highlights?
1: That's a great question. And I have to go with highlights because spray tan could look natural and no one would know. And it's going to fade away in a couple days. Highlights are jarring. And your hair is so dark and it would be something that you had to live with for months because i've
0: just always wanted some texture to my hair some different shading and i'm just pretty much i'm like dark brown but the last dark brown you get before you get black so my hair does not really have a ton of definition or whatever you call that to it. And I've always been like, oh, that'd be cool. Maybe throw, I, I told you, my, I wanted to get frosted tips when I was in middle school, but my mom was adamant that I could not do it. So thank you, mom. But I, I thought about it. I thought about it. I'm not afraid to say that. Listen, as you said, it's 2019, about to be 2020. I, I thought about a lot of things.
1: This is one of those days that I wish we were still at ESPN and still on Racillo and Canel, because I would bet you a spray tan that if you wanted to get highlights that we could convince Canel to do it with you.
0: Well, the thing is, Danny already has, like, naturally, although maybe it isn't natural. Maybe I, this is why his hair looks so good. But Danny already does have, like, different colored hair type thing. Like, his hair is, like, that dirty blondish type right, look. that's where, what I'm
1: saying. We could convince him to do it.
0: But his his already looks kind of that way. So if he did it even more, I don't think anybody would notice. Like, it, you're right. For me, it would be so jarring that people would be like, what the hell, dude?
1: Maybe that should be your New Year's resolution. It's to take a page out of my book and just go for it.
0: Ugh. <sighs> I'm open to all this stuff in the summer. We got to get to the summer though.
1: Because think about it, Steve, if you're wearing a baseball hat on your show anyway and it looks bad, you can cover it up. Who cares? You have that luxury.
0: No, you're right. You're right. But I have a strict experiment in the summer policy that I'm going to stick to. So maybe I will I told you, I want to bleach my hair. You almost had me do it when I was in Chicago. I probably would have done it. Cuz again, it just grows back. Who cares? I'll just shave it off. If it looks stupid. So I'm, I'm open to all this stuff, but I'm, it needs to be a summer situation because I feel like if I just showed up in the middle of December with a spray tan and highlights in my hair, like, people would be like, dude, are you okay? Like, something, are you going through a midlife crisis?
1: <laughs> I was kind of concerned that people would think me dying my hair blonde was a midlife crisis, and then I was like, I had to check myself because no. I'm not that old.
0: No. My youngest sister did her hair blonde, whatever blonde. It was, like, probably a little bit more blonde than what the picture you showed me. And like, you know, it was fine. I think she looks better as a brunette. But like, you know, you try it. I get it. I I get bored with my look. I think you're this like kinda of the same way. I just I like to change it up. So the fact that you're trying this I think I'm all for it even if it's not your best look it's worth a shot
1: and I'm going to New York fashion capital of the world then I'm going to Hong Kong where everyone yeah. has super interesting hair everyone's paying hair over there and then well, Thailand to get my tan yeah. on well not everyone over there but you you know what I mean it's like everyone there has uh, they're way more experimental I would say with fashion
0: Yeah, but in in kind of a bad way, though. Like, I think they do it a little bit too much. Like, I don't think we need pink hair. I don't think we need blue hair. But, like, if you want to go blonde, plus, when you go over there, no one's going to know what your original hair color was, so they're not going to think it's weird. Only you're going to know about that.
1: Someone said to me, oh, turning yourself into a blonde American, are you looking forward to getting sold into sex slavery? I was like, what? That's
0: a bit much. Yeah, that's (laughs) a bit much. A, that's a settle down Debbie Downer kind of thing. There, like, all right, let's, you took it a little too far.
1: So speaking of hair, I need your ruling on this because as a guy who has had different looks, you understand not only the risk involved with changing your look but the maintenance. So, yes. I have a guy friend who has this girlfriend, beautiful girl, and she recently debuted bangs, mm. and I have to say, they are terrible, terrible bangs, and I. <laughs> feel so badly for her because I don't know if anyone's going to tell her how bad they look. But I was going to
0: say, does she know that they're terrible or?
1: She's she's trimmed them. She's, she's kept them more than once. Listen, still beautiful. Obviously, beauty comes from the inside, whatever. But this is, you and I are <laughs> judging people, okay? So we have to, I have to say this. I truly believe that we need to start a petition and, I don't know, take down Anne Hathaway or whatever because I truly believe that Anne Hathaway's her makeover and Devil Wears Prada, where she went from kind of a dumpy journalist to an unbelievably chic magazine editor, intern, or whatever she was. And she got the best bangs in the world. And she looks so good with her bangs that so many girls are like, oh, my God, I could pull a full Hathaway and get the bangs.
0: All the people that I feel like, all the women that I feel like have good bangs have, like, thick, dark hair. Yes, 'Cause like Anne Hathaway has like basically black hair, dark brown, same thing with Zoe D. Chanel, and they have and it's like puffy too. It's like thick hair. It's not like thin hair, it's thick hair. So I don't know if that's a trend or if that's something, or if blonde people just can't do that. I don't know. I mean you as a future blonde can tell us wh- if whether or not you can do that or not. <laughs> okay, but I'll let you know. I am pretty much anti bangs for the most part, except if you're like quirky and weird and they just kinda fit you, right? It's not a lot of people. And I think a lot of people think that they're bang people, but they're not bangs people. And I, I venture to guess that it's 95 or higher percent of women who get bangs, it's for the worse. And it's funny to say like beauty, you know, it comes from the inside, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Like, we're talking about aesthetically what you look like. Like, you can be a beautiful person on the inside instead of look stupid with bangs. And <laughs> I think that's probably 95% of the population. There is someone that I'm thinking of that I told you about before the show who got bangs. She was, I think she was a really attractive girl. And all of a sudden now it's just like, what the hell? Like, you had a good look going, and I know you wanted to change it up, but this is not the change we were looking for. I don't think this is the change you want, and Now you're stuck, right? Because how do you get rid of bangs? Once you go bangs, like, you have to just wait for them to grow back, right? That takes forever.
1: Forever. You're so right on so many levels. I have to comment on several points here. First of all, I think blondes can pull off bangs, but to your point, they have to be super thick. No one looks good with the waspy, PC bangs. It's just no. never going to work for anyone. And... You're so right. I think that so many people think they can pull it off. I've tried it in my day. I've got to be honest. Post Devil Wars Prada, I went full Hathaway. It did not look good on me. And I ended up with a splice. My bangs just naturally spliced right down the middle. And I looked so stupid. And then, yeah, it took forever to grow them out. You're trying to swoop them to one side. You're trying to pin them down. You're trying to wear headbands, but then they're poking out the top and you kind of look like a porcupine. It's just never a good decision.
0: So I just Googled blonde hair bangs. It's proven my point. I don't know anyone. Like, I'm looking. There's a picture of Miley Cyrus. There's a picture of uh, Dakota, whatever her name is. There's a picture of who? uh, Oh, that's a scary There's a picture of Taylor Swift. Interesting. Is that real? Oh, wait. Taylor Swift has bangs, right?
1: Yeah, so point proven.
0: Yeah, they're bad. Like, I think, see, this is the thing. And maybe people will get mad at me. What's Taylor Swift doing? Like, I felt like she had a good look. And now what's
1: happening? You thought she had a good look?
0: I did. I liked, like, the... I don't want to be that guy, but, like, I miss old Taylor. Like, old Taylor had a good look. And then now it's like, I don't know. There's just too much. Like, the bleach blonde hair, the red lipstick. I don't know. Like, I just think that's... It doesn't look like her.
1: But isn't that the point?
0: To not look like yourself?
1: Well, I'm dying my hair blonde to not look like myself. And I'm not defending Taylor Swift. We all know my stance oh. on T-Swift.
0: Okay. All right. I may have just found a blonde who is good-looking with bangs. Who? Emma Stone. Googling. Interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. Interesting. But Emma Stone looks good with dark hair. She looks good as a redhead. She looks good as a blonde with bangs. I mean, she has one of those faces that could really pull versatile off face. any look.
0: Yep. Yep, I agree. For a very versatile face.
1: Such a versatile that's face. A, that's an under...
0: That's an underrated thing to have, is a, is a versatile face. I do not have a versatile face. See, I'm like growing my hair out right now, and I'm like, I kind of hate it, but I'm trying to get through the awkward stage, which it feels like forever. And every day I want to cut it. I want to cut it because I kind of feel like I have a look and it's short-haired guy, but I get bored, so I want to do something different. But I'm like pressuring myself to be like, don't cut it, don't cut it, just wait it through, wait it out. But I literally every day look at my hair, and I hate it. And then there are some people... Like, I'm trying to think, like a Hall for example, right? I'll go back to the well, my guy. It's always who, back to Hall. Literally, at any single point of his hair growing out, he looks like that's the way his hair is supposed to be. Like, what? that's insane.
1: But he also like, has a professional happen? person putting gel in it.
0: Maybe. Maybe you're right. You're probably right. You think every time he goes outside... No way, though. There's no way. Sometimes, like, dudes just have hair. Like, my friend Shane. My friend Shane has great hair. I don't know. Like, any hairstyle he does, it could be long, it could be short. He's got good hair. I don't know. It's, it's annoying. Like, it's just like, okay... So now I'm trying to grow my thing out. I'm like, oh, I'm in this weird stage. I don't even know what I look like. I just look weird. I look like I have a bowl cut and like I'm trying <laughs> to come over. Yeah. What are and
1: you trying I'm to get honestly, it to? What's the end goal?
0: I don't even know what the end goal is. That's the problem. I'm just like, kind of growing it because it's the winter and whatever, and I want it to be longer, and I'm having some regrets about it.
1: Question for you. Does anyone that you can think of have a more versatile face than Emma Stone? I think she is number one overall draft pick versatile face.
0: I would say Natalie Portman's up there. Yes, great Very call. versatile face. Yeah, she looks she, good she, bald. She, Exactly. She looks good with no hair. So that's probably the ultimate test <laughs> of like how okay. attractive you are if you look good with no hair. So I would probably say she's up there. Who else?
1: Because I'm scrolling through Emma Stone, and no lie, she looks good with short hair, long hair. I know. She looks good bangs, no bangs. Dark hair, dark red, light red, ponytail, not ponytail. I mean, she looks good in any hairstyle, which is so rare.
0: It is pretty impressive. Like, it it is pretty impressive. Because she has, like, an interesting look to her, too. She's not, like, traditionally pretty, but she is pretty, you know? Yeah, God, there's literally, I just Googled Emma Stone, like, red, brown, like, everything. She's fine. Like, that's a really big rarity. Is her hair naturally red, though? It's got to be naturally red, right? I'm not
1: sure. I don't know. We need to find out. But I also feel like she looks mature and sophisticated while also looking like a little girl
0: that's just the goal like
1: <laughs> <laughs> how does she pull this off how does her face Get do a that? girl
0: that can do it both there you go but don't you there know you what go. i'm saying
1: she no, looks like yeah. she could be 35 or 15 i can't decide
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't disagree with what you're saying oh she just got engaged interesting
1: oh too shout out
0: uh snl writer i don't oh. know his name snl interesting interesting, interesting. yeah
1: dave McCarry.
0: I don't know who he is.
1: She has a pearl engagement ring. Wow, that's unique. Good for her. Good for her. Can't wait to see what look she'll have at the wedding.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I don't think you'd look that bad blonde. You know how you just picture someone, despite the fact that they've had multiple looks, like the way you would just picture them if you thought of them in your head? Yours would be like dark hair, but with highlights. Like, you know, you have highlights in your hair or whatever, like not just straight brown. Because then you go dark, too. You went dark recently.
1: Yeah, at the beginning of the year, at the... Start of 2019, I went super dark and I felt like an imposter. I felt like I wasn't even myself. It was so weird. And then eventually, obviously, it lightened and I got some balayage, worked back in there. But I'm wondering, so, you know, Steve, they say blondes have more fun. Do you think that my personality is going to shift now that I'm a blonde? Do you think I'm just going to go out there and be fun and fancy free and just live my life differently because I'm a blonde or do you think it's just going to still be me? And can I be as judgmental and sometimes cynical as a blonde? Does it work?
0: No, I don't think it changes. I don't think it changes. I think you just you are who you are. I don't think you're going to turn into a woo girl if you get a, if you dye your hair blonde.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Ew! <laughs> I couldn't even if I tried. <laughs> exactly.
0: Like you just are who you are. Like you're not going to all of a sudden be bubbly and whatever. Like That's just not how that
1: works. My friends and I are doing a boat day in Thailand. If you catch any footage of me wooing on a boat in Thailand as a blonde, just delete me. <laughs> just tell me I'm out.
0: Immediately immediately send it to me and I will bring it up on the next podcast.
1: Um, okay, so we have a couple more things that we need to do on this podcast because it's the end of the year. Oh, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. hold on. I need to talk about the Irishman. Did you see the Irishman?
1: Oh, yes, that's right. No. Okay, well, because I'm getting ready to go on a long trip, I have downloaded several movies to pass the time on the plane, including The Irishman, because it's five hours long.
0: I won't spoil it for you or anyone. Is it the best movie I've ever seen? No, it's not even the best Scorsese movie I've ever seen. But all these people that act like they have something better to do than watch like an extra hour of a movie, what else are you going to do? Like, we live in a society where dudes literally sit on a couch for Saturdays and Sundays and watch football for 12 hours straight. What, the idea that you can't watch a three-and-a-half-hour movie, it, like, like somehow you have better things to do in life, like shut the hell up. I'm so tired. Like it's, It was so annoying to see the reaction to this of like it could have been shorter, it wasn't shorter, either watch it or don't watch. And then the people that are like, oh, I turned it off for two hours, I couldn't do it anymore. You're like, you really watch two hours and you're going to just throw that away to not finish the extra hour and a half? That's even dumber than complaining about watching a three-and-a-half-hour movie. I have watched many a three-hour-plus movie, as you know, I'm a Lord of the Rings guy. I have all the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings movies. Those are like four hours each. Honestly, I wish they were like eight hours each, because they're great movies. Like, if you like something, it doesn't matter how long it is. And it's a Scorsese movie, Movie and people like Scorsese. So if you're going to complain about it uh, being a three-and-a-half-hour movie, you just wanted to do that going in, and you didn't even really care about how good the movie was. We're going to do our, like, cool no-one-cares thing a little bit later for the whole decade. If you were complaining on social media about how long the Irishman was, like, that is the ultimate cool no-one-cares kind of thing. Or it's an echo chamber of people on Twitter that all want to send the same stupid tweet that they think is funny about like, how they have better things to do. So that really annoyed the crap out of me. Again, could it have been two and a half hours? Not three and a half? Maybe. But like, it's not like that extra hour ruined your entire week. Rant over.
1: Wow. That was, I mean, I feel like I need to slow clap. That was amazing, Steve. You are so angry. But those people, I'm sure, have sat on a couch and watched football all day, whether it was a Saturday or a Sunday. Slash, I mean, what does that equal? 1.5 episodes of Game of Thrones? Like, you've never watched two Game of Thrones episodes back to back?
0: great great and out like or the, those same people will binge watch an entire season's worth of shows in one day and they're complaining about a three and a half hour movie i don't understand the internet culture anymore it just is like let me complain about something that everyone else is complaining about so i can feel like i'm part of something that doesn't even make any sense that's the age that we're in right now
1: yeah it's not cool to be like oh hey i'm content i thought it, the length was fine <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like a lot of his movies are long, like maybe it was too long. But like we we just get so dramatic about all this stuff. I'm not a very dramatic person, so like that's why I don't get worked up about this stuff. But I just feel like the only reason people complain about it is because they want to feel like they're part of some cool Internet thing that doesn't even really matter.
1: But was the film worth it? Should I invest the three point five hours? I mean, I say that as if I have anything else to do when I'm stuck in an airplane for like 16 hours.
0: I mean, listen, our guy, Adnan, will probably tell you, like, you should see it in a movie theater. I didn't see it in a movie theater. It's definitely worth the time. I'm just looking up other Scorsese movies so I can have things to compare it to. Was it Goodfellas? No. I've never seen Raging Bull. People make fun of me. Was it Wolf of Wall Street? No. Um, I actually thought The Departed was incredibly overrated. I've never seen Casino. What else? I haven't seen Mean Streets. Gangs of New York was great. That movie was super freaking long. I don't care how long. That was a great movie. This is just kind of his thing, right? So, definitely worth seeing it's almost like a closing of an era for Scorsese and the people in it like Pacino and De Niro and Pesci it's almost like we've made all these mob movies throughout our entire lives and this was like a nice way to sort of close out not that it was related to any other movies that they made but it was really about like mobsters aging and whether or not it was really worth it in the end that's what the movie's about and I thought it I thought it was really good I thought they did a really good job of making me feel bad for this guy who was kind of a terrible dude and the history of it is really cool and you have they had, like, CGI, so there's, like, a 70-year-old De Niro who's, like, playing, like, a 30-year-old, and it doesn't really make sense because he can't really move that well. And there were, like, inconsistencies a little bit in it that way, but it was still a good movie. It was still a good watch. It's still Scorsese and De Niro. Like, are you really going to not watch that movie?
1: And Pesci. Hello. I already referenced what yeah, Ben It's one of the great exactly. actors of our generation. Yeah, who, who, like, really hasn't acted in the last, like, 10 years, too.
0: Like, he hasn't been in anything. So, like, the idea that we get—and he was maybe the best person in the movie. So he always I, I, is. Yeah, he was great. If you'll like him, you'll love him in this movie because he was really good. I think he was the best guy.
1: Honestly, I want to take this moment to just really shout out Joe Pesci. I mean, I know in earlier, tongue-in-cheek, I said, oh, I'm a wet bandit. Joe Pesci is in so many great movies, and he plays so many great characters, and he's always considered the side guy. You know, it's never like, oh, Joe Pesci is the star of the movie. And I just think he does not get enough love.
0: I would agree. I think he is, if we're doing over-under properly, he's underrated. He's underrated. For sure.
1: I'm looking at his resume here. He's been in so many movies. Yeah, my cousin Vinny, Bronx Tale, Casino,
0: Man, on fire. <laughs> Lethal
1: Weapon Four.
0: <laughs> What's up, Raging Bull? And again, he he hasn't acted in a while. This is kind of like his coming out party type thing because he's old. Like he kind of just retired in a way and. To see him in this role, it's a really good role for him and for one more time, it, work, it worked out really well. So people need to just stop complaining all the time and just enjoy stuff. Like, not everything's perfect.
1: How old do you think Joe Pesci is?
0: Mid-70s.
1: Damn, 76, you nailed it.
0: Why, what do you think he was?
1: I don't know, maybe like late 60s, early 70s?
0: Oh, no, he's old. Yeah, he's old.
1: He held up well.
0: No, he's old. All those guys, like Pacino and De Niro are super freaking old, too. Yeah,
1: damn. You're right, end of an era. End of an era. Okay, I'll check it out. This is weird because I know it's the holidays coming up and I know it's the end of the year, but it kind of doesn't feel like it. The rush to the holidays where you have a million things to get done, it always sneaks up on you. And not only are we nearing the end of a year, we're nearing the end of a decade. So we needed to make sure to give 2019 slash, what is this called? The 2010s to 2020, like what's that called? Do you know?
0: The 2010s.
1: The 2010s, that's what it's called?
0: Yeah, what else would it be called?
1: I don't know. There's got to be a name for this, uh, the decade, right? Yeah, it's got to be this is the 2010s, yeah. Uh, I'm going to the internet.
0: Like, what happens when we get into, like, 2020s and 2030s and we start calling them the 20s and the 30s? Because when I think of the 20s and the 30s, like, I don't think of, I think of the 1920s and the 1930s. Like, I don't think I'll ever get that out of my head.
1: That's a great question. A lot of people are calling this the teens, which is stupid. <laughs> no, 2010s, 2010s. Okay, well, whatever. We'll go with that. It's the end of the 2010s. But yeah, to call it the 20s and the 30s will be weird. But I guess necessary. What else are you going to call it?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know. But Future it just,
0: future, uh, future Michelle and Steve problem.
1: Yeah, you know what? We'll debate this in five years this if is, we're still doing yeah, this Yeah,
0: this, this is a bigger deal than Y2K to me. I don't know. This is genuinely screwing me up.
1: I don't know. Because we're old enough to comprehend it. I feel like Y2K was just like, LOL, let's watch Spice World. Will we die? Maybe. Like
0: I don't know. No, there were that were genuinely worried about that, weren't there? Because I was, what? I think I was 12, 11. Oh, yeah.
1: Anthony, my new producer, told me that his parents drove out to the middle of nowhere, I think in Nebraska, and went in a bunker for a Y2K.
0: Seems like a bit much. I'm not going to lie. Like, with all due respect to Anthony's parents, that seems like a bit much. What's there? Unless they had some bad knowledge. Maybe they got some knowledge that they thought was legitimate and they were like, we're getting, at, we're, we're getting a step ahead of everybody else here. And then jokes on them, they're just hanging out in the middle of Nebraska by themselves. You know
1: what? They would have rather have been safe than sorry, right?
0: I don't know if I would ever be that panicked enough to do that, though. That's, in, that's kind of intense. Say Y2K was right now. Okay. And you had friends that were going to go to a bunker. I feel like you wouldn't be one of those people.
1: No, if it's my time, it's my time. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, listen, and you know would, what? I'm not spending my last minutes on Earth in a damn bunker. I can promise you that.
0: Well, even in that, like if it's, just, so it's the end of the world or whatever, and shit's going to go down, like I kind of want to see how it goes down. I, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be trapped in a hole somewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about it. if you're in the bunker and you survive. What kind of life is that anyway? If all the vegetation is gone and most of humanity is gone, and then what? You have to bang your friend to procreate. No thanks.
0: Oh, that is true. That is actually... I've always thought about that. Apocalyptic movies where it's like always oh, a dude and a chick. Like, what if it's just you and your buddy? Like, and you're both a dudes or you're both girls. Like, then you're kind of screwed. Like, do you have to bring the, someone of the opposite sex just to procreate? That'd be weird.
1: Yeah, you have to, like, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'd be, that'd be pretty awkward. What and if then, you, like, don't like the person?
1: Yeah, what if you don't like them? Also... It's a very complicated situation to give birth. What if there's no doctors or no hospital? Who then is going to be the one to deliver the baby? Listen. What if there's infertility problems? I mean, you really just, there's a lot of Listen, issues. I don't even play.
0: understand. I don't understand how people gave birth more than 50 years ago.
1: Well, I mean, think about animals. Like, how do they do that and just survive? I
0: mean, they just suck it up and they do it. And meanwhile, we have like, what is it called? liquid births and stuff where you just like sit in the pool and hang out water births I (laughs) I didn't even realize I didn't even realize that was a thing until like (laughs) A little while ago, like, we have all these, like, different birthing techniques, and it still is, like, super, you know, obviously dangerous, and, like, people just did it back in the day. It's just wild to me. I don't know. Anyway, I feel like that about all things. I was watching this World War One documentary, and I'm just, like, amazed at, like, the resiliency of the people then. of the, Like, there's so much shit happening, and like, none of the conditions are any good. No one was like, treated psychologically, whatever, when they came home, and, like, people just kind of dealt with it. It was it's just wild to me how it was just such a different time. Anyway. Rant over.
1: I would not survive. Obviously, if you grow up in that time, your experiences are different. So you're more conditioned, I guess, to live in poverty and whatnot. But like, think about the grapes of wrath. Imagine if you were back in that time in Oklahoma. There's a drought. You have no money. You're trying to move around. The dust bowl's going on. I mean, can you imagine? I'd be dead for sure. I'd be the first one dead.
0: Oh, we always just talk about this with my friends. If You go back in time. Well, first there's like, would you like to live 200 years in the past or 200 years in the future? And that's always a good question. You don't really know what the future is going to be like, but we do know what the past is like. It could be cool, but is it nostalgic? Cause like Ooh, everyone, all the, movies, all the movies, seem like, all the movies seem like it's cool, but then like you just get cholera and then you die. Like, <laughs> or like, you know, if you, if you were like a real life Oregon trail situation, like how would, would you survive or how, what would your death be like? Like, for example, like I brought my buddy Shane who has good hair. My buddy Shane would get lost. That's how he would die somehow. He would just get lost in the Oregon Trail.
1: How would you go? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Everyone likes to think that they would survive. I think the problem is, like, okay, if I was raised the way I am now, I don't think anyone would survive. But if I was raised, if I am who I am but I was raised in that time, I like to think that I would be pretty resourceful and survive. Yeah.
1: As someone that got stranded in North Carolina with you and had to figure out a way to get to – Tallahassee, Florida, in a seven-hour window, I am confident Mm -hmm. in saying that you would survive. You're very resourceful. You're a good navigator.
0: I don't complain. Yeah, I'm not a a complainer. We
1: just powered through. I mean, most other people that we would have been stuck with in that situation, we would have wanted to die. And I think both of us are kind of like the grinded out type. We're like, hey, these are the set of circumstances dealt to us. Let's make the best of it.
0: That's a good point, though, because it does depend on who you're with. Right. If I was stuck on the Oregon Trail with people that I was annoyed with, like I think wouldn't go well. But if it was like people that I trusted and I like, they would be fine. We'd be all right. You know, things would be a little dire. But, you know, it was what it was.
1: So you don't want to be stuck on the Oregon Trail with someone who's complaining about the length of the Irishman.
0: No, for, I mean, Jesus, I would just I would get lost on purpose if that was the case and just be like, this is my time. This is my time to go. It's time to go.
1: It's time to go. I know, but think about where you were a decade ago. It is insane that 10 years of my life has passed because I'm thinking to myself, what have I done in 10 years? I mean, I know I moved to Connecticut. I moved back. But now that I'm back home, it just kind of seems like my life is kind of the same, except I'm older.
0: I graduated college 10 years ago. Same. So... So I was twenty ten. So yeah, all right, ten years or so. Like so, like college life is just not real life. So it's different. Like of course it's different. You know, like right. dude, that's not a real gauge of who you are or what you know, whatever. Because it's just like fantasy land for four years, basically. Totally. For some people, but
1: for some yeah, people, some people. If I look at who I was,
0: if I look at who I was just out of college, I don't know. Am I? Yeah, I guess maybe I'm not that different. I probably played more video games back then and was way cooler and like didn't have as much responsibility. Um,
1: Steve, you still play video but, games now? You have FIFA Night.
0: Yeah, but not even remotely to the amount that I want to. I'm upset about it. Back in the day, I would play multiple video games. It would be Madden. It would be FIFA. It would be, like, Call of Duty. It would be Battlefield. It would be whatever. Sounds wild. Now, like, I only have time for, like, one or two games. Like, I can't play. I, you know, like, I can't. I was talking about this to my buddy the other day. He's like, oh, you should get the, what is it, um, the Division or something. I think it's the Division, one of those games. And I'm like, dude, I don't have time. I barely have time to play FIFA, like, right now. This sucks. I hate it. But it's just the reality of life, you know." So. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'm that different as a person, but like the shit that I do sucks now because it's different. I go to work every day.
1: See, I feel differently. I feel like my I feel like as a person, I'm so different, but I feel like my life is relatively the same. If that makes sense. Like, I mean, I started the decade living in St. Louis, working at 101 ESPN, single, and now I am ending the decade living in St. Louis, working at 101 ESPN,
0: (laughs) single. Yeah, but that's not, okay. While all of that is accurate, you also have to understand that you had a lot that went on in between that, so it's not like you've just been doing nothing and being single in Missouri. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> what if I was just single for a decade living in Missouri? That's just then I would
0: probably be like Michelle, like we got to talk. You need to kind of do some things. You, you probably should get out of Missouri for a little bit. You maybe should think about getting on Tinder. But I know, like you've dated people, you've oh, gone yeah, out, you've sure. visited different cities. Single you just happen patriots. to be in the same place. Yeah, like I live in the same state, but I don't think I'm remotely. Similar to who I was when I was living at home after college, you know.
1: Yeah, but you've had you've had all of these life changes, right? I mean, you bought a house, you got two dogs, you got married, you changed your job. I feel like I I'm I, different as a person because. I, I have a different scope of the world. I think I was very young and naive early on. I was very Midwestern, very naive. I mean, we've told this before, but when I first came to ESPN, the guy who trained me, Drew Brooks, was like, "They're going to eat you alive here. You are way too nice. You're way too um, gullible." And he was right. You know, I had to toughen up. You don't really realize that the Midwest can yeah, be kind it, of an incubator until you leave.
0: Yeah, but that's why that's good. You went out on you could have just stayed you know, doing what you were doing, you didn't. And you have now different experiences in life. You have, like, a billion friends in New York City now. Like, this is all good thing. By the way, all those life things that you named, like, I feel like the only real life change, like, drastic life adult thing is having a kid. Getting a dog, maybe, because there's a little bit more responsibility. Getting married, like, there's nothing to getting married. Like, I don't, like, it's it's nothing. Like, no, seriously, and, like, I, I don't think there's anything different about my relationship now that we're married. There's nothing different other than that we have, like, a bank account now. That's about it.
1: But then, why do they say marriage is so hard? They're always like, "Oh, the first year of marriage is so hard."
0: Because people are either with people that they shouldn't be with, and they don't realize that. And then they're like, "Oh man, like maybe we should have like waited or been a little bit more mature or lived together or whatever." Like Maddie and I lived together for a while and then got married. Enough, literally, nothing changed. Literally, nothing changed. So I, I, when people are like, "Oh, big step," I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe like it, it sounds on the surface, but my." it's no different than when we weren't married and we were just dating or engaged or whatever. It's like nothing is really, nothing is really different. So I do think some of those life things are a little bit overrated.
1: Except now she has your last name. Like legally, she's a different person.
0: I know, but it's not any different. I already,
1: your love for her is the same
0: yeah we already had a good thing going like all right so we just made it official <laughs> I, maybe i'm alone in this but you i really are. do feel like once you have a child that is like when it's like holy shit we have another human being
1: having a kid is the ultimate game changer but i feel like as someone who's been common-law married twice i was with someone for 10 years and then someone for eight years it's much easier to walk away when you're not married <laughs> you don't have to really adjust your life that yes, but i wouldn't
0: I wouldn't marry someone that I had any questions about. You know what I mean. That I would. That if, if I was if I was if I had any thoughts about walking away, I wouldn't have married them in the first place. You know. And maybe th- and that, again, that might just be a me trait. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there wouldn't be any question marks if I was like, you know what, I'm not sure about this person. Like I don't really like living with them. But but like you know, what? let's just get married and see if it gets any better. Like that's not it. like no. I would just be like, this isn't working. We're done. Before that even got there. I don't know. I just feel like the real only major life thing is either if you move somewhere really drastic and don't have friends or you have a kid
1: yeah and i've done the moving somewhere with no friends
0: yeah to me that is more drastic than me getting married you know what i mean
1: can confirm it is not
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh but like think about it like that was like a really big difference and change for you in your life me getting married isn't has not been a really big difference and change in my life it's been a lot of the same that's in true. a good way
1: yeah that's true you're still living in connecticut Still playing FIFA. Bye.
0: Yeah, like, she's still awesome, and I I don't, what do you want me, I don't know. Like, it's just, I'm wearing a ring now, and so is she. Like, that's really the only difference.
1: This is what I wish we were doing a live radio show, because I would love to put out a poll and have people in real-time vote of who has had a more significant life change, me moving to Connecticut, or you getting married, because I I think unanimously people would vote for you.
0: But they'd be wrong. It's 100% you. It's 100% moving thousands of miles away to a place that you have no idea about, and you don't know anyone. And when you're getting married, you're entering a union with someone that you should be best friends with. Like you had everything in your life was up in the air. Everything like your job was different. Your people around you were different. You had no, you didn't have your traditional friends. Your living situation is different. Literally everything is different. And when you get married, I would say that not as much as diff- not as much is different than when you moved across the country. So I, I may win a poll on the surface, but I think if I explained it to people, they would think I'm right.
1: Yeah, but I also think me moving to Connecticut was obviously temporary, whereas yours is permanent.
0: That is very true. Now, some people treat marriage like it's temporary, but I, you know... That, that's I true. Guess that's,
1: and some people treat moving I, I to Connecticut said, like it's permanent, too, and that's a mistake on their part. Per, yeah,
0: you're right. Like, I guess the I guess the finality <laughs> of it is is very different, but I don't know. I would still say that I would have had a way tougher time doing what you did than getting married.
1: Wow. So you think you would have a tougher time if you were single moving from Connecticut to St. Louis than you would getting married.
0: Yep, no doubt about it.
1: That is crazy, Steve. It's not crazy. I'm right. Maybe for you, but I think the majority of people are like, yeah, I'd take a stint somewhere else before I commit my life to someone else. Well,
0: I'd like to know what other people have to say about this because I think the way that I explained it justifies it. Like, because I'm saying, I think on the surface, people are like, no, marriage, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, I know me and I know for me, if I was to just pick up and move to St. Louis without knowing anyone and just start working somewhere with no friends or that I knew and I had to make all new friends or whatever and my life was completely different, that would be way harder than getting married to someone that I knew that I wanted to marry, <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, when you put it that way, I understand. Okay, so if you have a take on this, leave us a review and yeah, I will compile I them and read them to Steve because I would say tweet us or Instagram, DM me, but let's be honest, I'm leaving the country for three weeks and they'll get buried. So leave us a review and then when Steve's on in 2020, we're going to go through these because I yeah. think more people will agree with me than you, even though you do make a compelling argument.
0: Thank you. That's all I want. Sit back, relax, relax. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. It's time for a review on the Small Talk Podcast with Michelle Smallman. Brought to you by Land Rover St. Louis.
1: You heard the man. Let's work in a review. This one comes from Lord Magatu. Entertaining! Exclamation point five stars. Best hour of my day. That is so sweet. But if this is the best hour of your day, I can only assume that that means you're listening to this podcast on repeat every day day until a new podcast drops. And in instances like last week where we didn't have a new podcast because the burning podcast was trending so well. So we doubled down and just pushed that one out again. That means what, 14 days of you listening to that burning podcast over and over. I mean, it's good, but I'm not sure it's that good. <laughs> anyway, thank you for the review. That was so sweet. I hope everyone listening is soaking up the holiday spirit. I hope you're getting ready to take time off work, getting ready to celebrate with your friends and family. Part two of this month's chat with Saruti is coming your way next week. We have a new edition of 10,000 Frogs and a cool no one cares to close out the year. It's an all decade edition. I laughed more in the second half of this podcast that you're gonna hear next week with Saruti than I have in a while, especially towards the end. So you're going to want to keep an eye out for that one next week. I believe it's dropping next Thursday. I'm going to be out of the country. So Anthony, our great producer, is going to hopefully be posting it on time. Anthony, if you're listening to this, please post it on time while I'm out of town. I'm sure he will. He's the best. But I know it's right after Christmas. So you're probably going to be working in a fire, drinking some hot cocoa, maybe watching a Christmas story on repeat on TBS. But you know what? Pause that. You know that he doesn't really shoot his eye out. Spoiler alert. Sorry, if you haven't seen it. But you know what? Pause it. Work in the podcast. It'll be worth it, I promise. Anyway, thank you to Steve. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll be back in action next Thursday. But until then, it's been real.
0: Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.